Okay, so I want you just to I want you just to think that you kind of that you sat in a pool, okay? You sat at the edge. Some of you might be sat at the edge. Some of you might be actually sat in it. But I just want you to feel the uh, feel the waves, okay? There's going to be some waves that you're going to feel. And when 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 you feel that. I want you to think about this is what is going on inside of you. You are the pool. Do you understand me? You're the pool. You're, you're the well. You're, 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 you're the place that he lives. He's in you. Huh? I mean, just, just like feel him right now. He's, he's there. He's inside you. He is the pool of life inside of you. And you just got to let those waves hit you. Just relax. You know, put your, put your toes in. Put your toes in the pool. Mess about a bit. Okay? And I'm going to read some verses because this John 9 has been with me for probably about a year now. I can't get away from it. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful chapter. So this is what it says in John chapter 9. It says, Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And when he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing Therefore, the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this who sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. He said, I am he. I am he. I am he. That's what he said. I am he. And just a little recap, so, so Jesus was the greatest seer of all time. He saw everything. I, I mean, he saw before, because this blind man, I mean, think about this. I was taken up with this thought. This is a beautiful thought. Th think about this, that Jesus, when he, when he sees us, of course he sees what's going on. He sees right now what is going on. What's happening in your life, he knows all about it. But not only does he know all about what's happening now, he knows all about what's going to happen. So, so he can see present and he can see future. But actually, he sees before. He sees you before you ever get got here. Now think about this. When you have a thought about something beautiful about something that is spectacularly wonderful. That thought in you just becomes bigger and bigger, doesn't it? It just gets bigger and bigger. So, so, so you, 
experience, if you allow the thought, it can just get so big that it's like, wow, this started as a little thought, but it just increased and increased, and it overcame me in a way that was like incredible. It got so big, you had to say, stop. Well, think about Jesus. It says that in Ephesians chapter 1, that you were seen and known and chosen before you ever arrived here. Before the world was created, God saw you. So, so, so just think about what this means. So somewhere in God, before you ever arrived, he had a thought about you. And the thought about you was something of him. He was thinking about you, but it was being created out of him. Because that's where you are created from, out of him. So he had this thought about you, and he went, oh, this is, this is Mary. And when he saw Mary, he saw every potential. Do you understand me? The thought that maybe began just as a little thought in him, suddenly mushroomed into this wonderful thought of Mary. And because he's timeless, he's outside of time. He doesn't know time. Because of that, the thought of Mary and the thought of you in him just grew and grew and grew. And as he saw you, he loved you. He just loved you. Everything about you, he could see all the potential in you. He could see it all. He knew it all. He knew how you could be, what you could become. He saw it all in himself and the thought just carried on growing all the time. Isn't that beautiful? That, you see, your thoughts are the same. That's how your thoughts work. But just think how God's thoughts work. So when, when Jesus saw a man who was born blind from birth, of course he saw him in that situation. That was the present. But he saw him before any of that. And of course, what's got to happen for us is that we've got to be able to see ourselves before because present sometimes is difficult, but before, you can be wrapped up in him. You can enjoy him. You, you, you can go right back into that feeling. And, and this is what Christians don't we, don't, we don't get. You can go into the feeling and enjoy the feeling of being in him. You can actually enjoy the feeling. That's what I do. I just go back into him. Back into that thought. And go, this is how he loves me. This is how much he loves me. This is how much he loves you, Steve. He just loves you. He kisses you. He delights over you. So he saw him before. And he was overcome with a vision. This is what Jesus did all the time. He saw people before. So of course he saw the situation, but he was already seeing what the father saw when he looked at someone. And maybe we've got to get like that. Maybe that's how we've got to be when we look at each other. Huh? Seeing each other before. Come on, just, just open yourself up. Just go, okay, Lord, I, I, I want that. I need that. I want, I want to see. I want to see. 
So it says that he saw him before, and everyone's taken up with this thought of who sinned, who got it wrong, what was the problem. And Jesus went, it was not none of that. L- leave that. But I'm here so that the works of God might be revealed in you. That's what he said. That the works of God might be revealed in him. Well, no matter where you are right now, the point is the works of God have been revealed in you. Isn't it? Wherever you are, it, it doesn't matter because the works of God can be revealed in and through you. And that's what Jesus wants. He wants that. He wants his life pouring through you. I, w- I was thinking about this as well. You know, our minds, of course, I've talked about this. The, so sin consciousness is, is what we often get taken up with. We get taken up with the negative so easily. And it's like a dark cave. But if you think about your mind, it's a multi-cinema complex, isn't it? Your mind is a multi-cinema complex. And it goes from one screen to another screen, often. There's so many screens that are open at once. You're like, what's going on? But there's got to come a time when, when your mind is like washed. And I, I don't know if I shared this with you, but he once said to me, he said, Paul, I want to sit in every cinema of your mind. In every cinema of your mind. And I, I said to him, Jesus, I want you to sit on the front row of my mind in every cinema and look at the screen that I'm looking at. I want you to be there and I want you to enjoy it. Huh? That's a beautiful thought, isn't it? S- somehow we've got to allow this pool of life that is in us to flow into our minds. And get into every cinema that's got something showing. Because he knows everything. You understand me? He sees everything already. He sees everything that I am thinking. He knows it before I even thought it. Because he's timeless. He knows everything. So why would I not want him to be in my mind? And it's like going, okay, this pool of life that's in me, Jesus, I don't just want it lapping around at the circumferences. I want it to be deep in my mind, flooding my mind so that that negative bit that's there just begins to open up to new life, new flaws. And of course, it says, it says that Jesus anointed his eyes. He took, he, he got a hold of Claire and he, he spat in it. And as, as Tina will remember, I, I once had someone spit in my face. Not spit in my face, but like, I was the only one that went for it. Like, yes, I'll have that. And the guy went, Pfft. I went, I want to see. Don't you want to see? How desperately do you want to see? Huh? Lord. But this is the truth. It says in 1 John chapter 2, this is what it says. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. 
It abides in you already. It's there. So, so you, you are not waiting for Jesus to come and anoint your eyes. You're not waiting for him. He's already anointed you. Do you understand me? So often we kind of go, I'm waiting for Jesus to do something. Well, Jesus has done everything. He is waiting for you to discover what he has done. So he's already anointed you. You don't have to run anywhere. You don't have to find this place to go where your eyes are going to be anointed. You already have an anointing. Do you you believe it? Do you believe it? It says this, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and the same anointing teaches you concerning all things. Wow. That's the anointing that you were already anointed with. So that's there. So, so when it's there, what do you do? You say, yes, Lord, thank you. You're not going, please give me this. You're going, thank you for having given me it. Thank you for this anointing that is already within me. It's there. Receive it. Thank you, Lord. I want to see you've already got anointed eyes. You have a pool on the inside of you, which is the pool of his life. You already have anointed eyes. Now you've got to, because he sent him. He sent him. I mean, can you imagine it? This, this guy's stumbling around trying to find the pool where he can wash off the clay. But what is that for us? Well, it's a discovery. It's like you have the pool inside you. The, the pool of his goodness is inside you. The eyes are already anointed. What's the journey then? The journey is a journey of discovery. You've got to discover what he's already done for you. And it's in you already. Already there. And now you've got to find ways of releasing what is inside you. Because that's the life. Of course, it's coming from the source. But it says springs of living water. Rivers, streams, fountains. Fountains. Huh? This, this is what is already inside you. It's there, H. All is there, honestly. It's there. It's not just a little stream. It's a river. It's going to flow into a river that is just going to erupt. It's going to be a gusher. Huh? It's going to be a gusher. Don't you want a gusher? Huh? Don't, don't you want to be like that? Don't you just want to gush with his life? Yeah. No, no, no. Honestly, it's, it's, it's not enough. You can't just say, oh, well, oh, well, oh. No, you do, don't you? Don't you want that? Huh? It's a beautiful life, this. There is no life like this life. And it's free and it's already inside you. It's already given to you. And your eyes are already anointed. Can you see it yet? Can you see it? Just think you don't have to run to another meeting to get anointed. You don't have to run to another conference. You don't have to read another book and go, oh, please, God, I want this. You don't have to do any of that because he's here. He's here. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Come on. Come on. And you're not saying to me, you're saying to Jesus. Come on, Lord. This life, we want to release him within us. We're so badly in need of your life. Thank you, Jesus.
We love you, Lord. Thank you, you've anointed us to see. Listen to this. This is a, a verse that I shared last week. How blessed all those in whom you live, whose lives become roads you travel. I mean, that is beautiful, isn't it? How blessed is my life in whom he lives, whose life becomes a road that he travels. Huh? So he's with me everywhere that I go, every place that I go, everywhere. He doesn't leave me at any point, no matter where it is. He's always with me. They wind through lonesome valleys. They come upon brooks, discover cool springs and pools brimming with rain. God traveled these roads, curve up the mountain. And at last, God in full view. That's beautiful, isn't it? I mean, it does something for me. I mean, I'm feeling it, even as I say it. It's beautiful. So now you've got to rest and sit back in the pool of the Father's love. This, this all started, can I, can I just tell you how this started, this John 9 started for me? Because, of course, I've been seeing many, many things for probably about, well, for as long as I can remember. But two years ago, I began to see a lot more things unfolding. And of course... There's a desire in me that people could see. Because if you can't see, you're not able to go anywhere. If you don't see anything, you don't really have a future. But you do have a future. You understand me? I'm not saying you don't have a future. You do have a future because it's in him. But you've got to begin to see it. You've got to begin to see it. And I began to say to him, Lord, as a church, as a people, we, we need to see what will we do. And he said, you have to find the pool. You have to find the pool and you have to be in the pool. You have to be there and you have to begin to discover what I've already done for you. It's yours to discover. Every miracle is just a discovery. Only a discovery, that's what it is. It's already taken place in God. There's nothing that is not already taken place in him. So we just discover that. And then it says this, therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen him said that he, he was, uh, therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, is not this who sat and begged? When we're blind, it turns us into beggars. It, it turns us into those people that are going, we, we need something. We are victims. We need something. And God's going, no, no, you, you, you have need of nothing. Nothing. I am your everything. You need nothing. But we, it's nearly like we've made ourselves beggars who are waiting for someone to come by and have mercy on us. But it's already finished. He's had mercy on us. We have mercy. It's free. We have goodness. We have joy. We have all these things already. So we've got to stop begging. But we can't stop begging because we're blind. So what do we need to do? We need to sit in the pool 
and rediscover all the goodness of God again. That's what we have to do. We don't have to do it, but it's good if we do. And I was just thinking about this. that The way that you can see this negative, and I don't want to be on it too long, but I just want you to be able to identify it a little bit. The way that you can see this sin consciousness most acutely is actually the way that you use your money. Because it's the least of all things. The way that you can see this, recognize this negativity in you is in the way that you use your money and your attitudes to your money. Let me, let me, let me describe what I mean. So, the other week, I went to Multiflight, and Multiflight, of course, is right on the, you know, it's, it's my place. It's where Josh learned how to fly, and I, I love to go there, and I meet people there, and it's like, that's the place. I love it. But they've put a charge on the car park. And the actual, the actual conversation that I had with this person in, in Multiflight was beautiful. As all my conversations in Multiflight are beautiful. But when, when we came out to the car, we realized that there was a six-pound fee on the car parking. Now, what happens when those little things happen in our mind? We immediately go, this is ridiculous, this is disgusting, this is horrible. And in a sense, there's something right about that. But what does it do to everything that just took place? It steals it. It steals it. Doesn't it steal it? It, it like reaches out and goes, this six pounds was so extortionate, it's going to spoil your whole morning. And reaches out of the ticket box and goes, <laughs> It does, doesn't it? And honestly, so, so, but your attitude tells you in that moment, okay, I mean, what's six pounds? Six pounds is six pounds. Who cares about six pounds? Yeah, really. But who cares about it? In, do you understand me? And I'm not, being, I'm not being facetious, but this is how I live. I don't care about it. It's money. Who cares? I don't care. And you've got to get a bit like this. I don't care. It's money. And God has got it all. And he's my dad. And he wants me to have a good time. And those little thoughts that come across and steal and go, Ehh! you've got to recognize them and go, I'm not having those. It's like when we pay our bills, isn't it? Oh, you know, this has gone up, this has gone up, blah, 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 blah. Same with the tax. Oh, it's terrible. My tax bill is absolutely horrendous. It's terrible. Yeah, but do you realize what you get for your tax bill? Really, have you actually seen the positive before you mention the negative? You know that we've got roads, these things called roads and pavements and lights. and We've got all these beautiful things, haven't we? That are a provision to us. But it's the thoughts that come to us that destroy any enjoyment of them all. And those thoughts roam freely in our minds. That right there is a little beastie called the poverty mindset. 
right there. Do you understand me? Whenever that comes along, you can get hold of that thing and begin to squeeze its neck. You know, like it's been squeezing your neck. You have to begin to squeeze its neck and start dealing with it because if you don't, you'll never, ever move into this abundance that is in God. These things. Thank you, Lord. You'll never... You, and, and, and what I mean is, so just think, you could have all this abundance, which you do have, you could have it all, all the time. All the time. But because of that mindset, you never actually appropriate it. You never actually appropriate it. Because all the time... Someone comes along and tells you to be careful, to be watchful, to, to not do this and not do this. And by the time those little thoughts have finished, your enjoyment's gone. And whatever was good from it, you lost that as well. You, you see, that was the problem with Judas. That was his problem. And not just Judas, you know, let's not just pick on Judas. It was all of them. They were all the same. They all had the same problem. It, it's just that Judas... He spoke out what was inside, and they all went, oh, yes, 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 we could have done so many more wonderful things with this money. Not realizing that what she was doing was giving a heart away. She was giving a heart and a love away. And Jesus was going, come on, sweetheart, just keep giving me that love. Just keep giving me that love. All of these people that are sat around speaking against you, they don't see that beautiful heart that you have got that is just unafraid to give everything. Huh? Don't we want to be like that? Haven't we been Christian long enough? Yeah. And I, I, haven't, we, haven't we been religiously wrapped up like this for long enough? Don't you just want to live? Don't you, if there's ever a time to live, come on, we've got to live now. We've got to live now. Who knows? We've just got to live, haven't we? And we've got to deal with those thoughts that keep stealing. And that's why with money, you can see it so easily. Honestly, just, just think. If you've got the possibility, because this is what happens. The love of Jesus goes out and meets someone. Nigel's like this. Nigel is such a beautifully generous soul. Such a beautifully generous soul. His heart goes out along with Heathers, and they go out together, and they put their arms around someone, and then they go, we don't mind releasing what we can to love this person. Because that's really what happens. Do you understand me? You just, your mind doesn't have those constraints on it. So you see someone, the love of Jesus goes out, and your love goes out with it, because you've got lots of love. You've got lots of love as well. You know, you don't know if it's Jesus or your love, but it really doesn't matter because it's just love. And it's going out from you to someone else and it sees them before and they just go, I love you so much that now that love is not only going to be a flow of this energy, but it's actually going to be a flow of action towards you. And that can be in many different ways. That's what happens when you get cards. It's what happens when you get flowers. It's what happens when you go to the shop and get something for someone. That is what is happening. Do you understand me? But surely you want to come to this place where you're just overtaken by that kind of love all the time. Oh, it's so dangerous. 
This is dangerous place to live. It is really dangerous. It is really risky. It's frightening sometimes. But it's Jesus, I'm telling you. And the problem is with us, we go, oh no, apply a little bit of wisdom. Apply a little bit of this, apply a little bit of that, but it's not wisdom at all. Because love, when it overtakes you, is the most beautiful thing in the world. And it really doesn't know when to stop. It really doesn't know when to stop. And I can hear voices going, no, 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 but there is wisdom. Yes, 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 there is wisdom, but wisdom comes out of love. It doesn't come before love. It comes out of love. Do you understand me? Love has got to flow first. You have got to love. Before you can tell someone the truth, you've got to love them. Before you can tell them the truth properly so that they hear it, they've got to know that they are loved by you. Understand me? We've been doing it for years, telling everybody the truth. Well, I've got the truth, and I've got this, and I've got that, and I've got... Yeah, but have you got love? Because truth comes out of love. Wisdom comes out of love. That is where it is found. And somehow we have to let this love go. But you have to discover that it's there. You have to discover that it's there and you know it is. You know it is because every so often you feel it. Every, don't you feel it? Every so often you feel it inside yourself. It's like, oh Lord, I'd, if, if, only, if, only, if only I could. Well, you can. Stop telling yourself, if only I could. Stop saying, is it permissible? Of course it's permissible to love someone. Of course it is. And you have to love first and let everything else come after. Because that right there is living with Jesus. That's a beautiful place, isn't it? And the thing is that you never, you never run out. You don't run out. It keeps on coming. It's a beautiful thing. I, I, I just put this... And of course, we all understand that in some ways, we are often being ripped off. Okay, we're often being ripped off. Who cares? Who cares? It's not my problem that someone's ripping me off. It's their problem. Jesus says this, let the dead go and bury the dead. But you follow me. Do you understand me? Because those that live that continual way of poverty... And sin consciousness, those that live there and don't want to get into the pool, eventually eats them up. And my heart cries for that. Do you understand me? They might, they might be ripping you off, but actually they're killing themselves. That's what's going on slowly inside the dying. But you can do the exact opposite. And let it flow. Thank you, Lord. So how do you kill it? You identify it. You identify it. Even in the pool, like when you sat there, you can identify these things. And then you've got to go, I'm going to kill that thing before it kills me. I'm going to kill it before it kills me. And that stranglehold around your neck, as soon as you identify it, it begins to loosen. 
that stranglehold that's been around your neck, in your mind, as soon as you identify it, it begins to loosen. But then, you do what it's been doing to you. And what has it been doing to you? Now, this is, this is the interesting thing, because you can, you can say to the Lord, Lord, I've identified it. I see it. I see it, because you give me eyes to see it. I see it. And now, I want to kill it. I want it to be dead in me. I want it to be dead. And he goes, that's a wonderful thing, Paul. But do, do you know how to do this? Because it is not only a word. You have to do the exact opposite to what you've been doing the whole of your life. Because that's the only thing that actually kills it. Do you understand me? When you start living the exact opposite, you begin to kill the thing that has been trying to kill you. And once you start on that level, once you start there, everything else becomes exposed. Everything. Because that's the least of all things, and it just opens up everything. And then you can deal with all those other thoughts in God. Every time you want to hold back, you give something more. Every time you think you did okay, give more. Every time you thought, I did well, you just have to go, sorry, Lord, you, you did really well through me. But, but it's nearly like you have to push yourself towards something more all the time. And I'll guarantee, I'll guarantee it. And if it's not true, you can come to me. And I will reimburse you of anything that you think you have lost. Really. Because it's impossible that this does not work. But, th but this is where we, we need to be right now because those negative thoughts, you know, if they've, if they've got a place where they can hook in, all the stuff that's going on sits into that. It all sits into it. It hooks into it. And there's an awful lot of negative things going on right now. So all the other negative things, if you don't deal with this level, just hooks into it all the time. And it brings you right down. And you don't want to be down, do you? You want to be ascended up, full of this beautiful love. And think about this, you know. There's a scale. There's a scale that we use. It's like not to 10 and not to minus 10. We have, we have this scale. We do, we really do. Not to 10 plus, not to minus 10. But you understand me that God does not have the not to minus 10. It's not in him. Now, let me, let me show. So it's not in him, but it is in him in the, in the sense that we are all in him. And all the negativity that is in us is stored in him. You understand me? So, so the, neg the negativity that you produce in your mind is not only a thought, it's an energy. You are producing an energy. And that energy affects other people. That is why when Judas said, you can't be doing this, it wasn't only a thought that he spoke, it was now an energy that entered the environment and all the disciples agreed with him. 
because that negative energy went out of him and they all were affected by it. That's what happens with our negative energy. It is an energy, it's a proper force. Now that force is caught in him somewhere in God. That's why he knows negativity because we are in him, everyone, whether born again or not born again, it don't matter. Everyone's in him. So there's a negativity that is in him that gets caught there. And eventually that negativity comes back as a harvest. It comes back as a harvest. You understand me? You can be negative for 20 years and just carry on and carry on and carry on. But if you don't get to that pool, if you don't allow the pool to have its way within you and discovering the goodness of God, the problem with the negativity is that it comes back and slaps you. It gives you a jolt. It does something with you because we call it sowing and reaping. But that's what happens. But God is not negative. There's no evil. There's no darkness. There's no negativity in him. He can't look at someone and go, I don't like you. He looks at everybody and goes, I love you. I'm with you. I'm for you. You're beautiful. You're precious. That's how he looks at everyone. There is no negativity in him. There's only negativity in us. Huh? So he doesn't have a minus 10. And we go, yeah, but I'm at naught. Yeah, but naught's rubbish. Naught's rubbish. You understand me? Jesus is a plus all the way. Naught is like, that's neutral. It's, I'm neither in nor out. I'm just somewhere in between, and this will do for the rest of my life. Okay, fine. But it won't. Because he loves you. He's in you. He wants to deal with this stuff with us. Come on. He wants to deal with it. Thank you, Jesus. Let these waves go, Lord, please. And of course, you, the, the thing about this is that it's nearly like you, you have to identify more and more so that more and more of this life can come into you and live through you. And don't we all want to live there? I want to live there. Just want to live there all the time. I just put here, don't blame my dad. Don't blame my dad for the wars. Don't blame my dad for the bloodshed. Don't blame my dad for everything that's going on in this world. Don't blame him because it ain't his fault. It ain't. It came from somewhere else. And that somewhere else is our minds creating negative energy that eventually works into the world. Nothing to do with my dad. And you see, even that thought is a big thought. Because it's like somewhere we think that God's got this bloodlust or he's got this like, I want to kill someone because they didn't get in line with me. No, it's a real thought, this. It's a real thought. The people that I don't like, well, they're not going to be in heaven. They're going to have a bad time. And we never say it, but somewhere lurking behind us, it's there. And then we go, that, well, that's God. God wants this. No, God wants that everyone knows him and loves him. God wants that no one would perish. God is full of love. He looks at everyone like this. And Lord, we need this love in us. We need it. Thank you, Lord.
He put clay on my eyes and I washed and I see. You know, you know the, first, the, the thing that he said? The first thing that he said about Jesus was this. He is a prophet. The blind man, when he spoke, one of the first things that he said is, he is a prophet. How could that man know that he was a prophet? Because what Jesus did is took him back to his past before. This is how you were before. Identified where he was presently and then gave him a future. That's what Jesus did in that pool. And the guy comes out and he says, I can see now. But not only with his natural eyes, he could see inside. He could see. And we, we need to just ask him, don't we? So, as, as we do this now, we're going to have communion because communion is a, is a means of beautiful grace, flowing grace to us. So I'm going to ask Matt to put some music on, okay? And don't... This, this is the problem. I, I'm, just, I'm just a person who's, yes, full of Jesus, and sometimes I know that the things that I say provoke you. I understand that you were provoked by those things. But whatever it was that you heard, and it only needs to be one word or one sentence, whatever it was, get a hold of that word again right now. Forget everything else and get a hold of that word again. And begin to imagine what that is. Begin to imagine. Use your imagination. Use your feeling and go back into it. Because you can. You understand me? Because like where the spirit is, everyone feels the spirit. And then God comes along and he goes do, 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 into it. But then he goes, you can pick it up right where you were. You can pick it up. So, so yeah, we'll just let him do.